everyone, and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today we are joined by Rabbi Moshe Bamberger, the author of many popular art scroll titles, the Great Jewish Series, and Rabbi Bamberger is also the Mashkiach Ruchani at Beis Medrash Talmud Landers College for Men in Queens. Thank you, Rabbi Bamberger, for being here. Thank you, Rabbi Hesseger. We're here to me. celebrate and talk about your brand new book, which is the Great Jewish Journeys book. And I'd like to talk about that. But talk about the Great Jewish series in general. How did you come up with that idea? And how has it changed as, as it, it's evolved? Yeah, so actually in 2008, I was giving a VAD, which is a Musser class in Lander College for Men. And every year I give a different topic, and one year I just chose to speak about the letters of G'day Yisrael. And every week I would photocopy a different letter from a Rishon, from an Achron, um, and the guys were getting extremely into it. They really loved it, and you know, it became like the most popular shear. And uh, at the end of the year, one boy came over to me, a sweet boy, and he said, Rebbe, I think you should publish this. This is great. This is really inspirational and touching and moving and powerful and historic. And then I had that light bulb moment. And I started typing out, translating the letters, uh, introducing them, gathering pictures, enough to produce a, a sample of what it would look like. And I sent it to Rebbe Zlatowicz, the Chorin Lebracha, who I had a relationship with because I published two other books with Arts Girl at the time, Howell and Sheva Brachas. Which we have here. We have them there. And, um, and I made a meeting with him. I came into his office and uh, he said that he loved the idea. And in fact, he even thought of the idea himself at an earlier period in his life. Mm -hmm. And he thought that this would be a great concept. Uh, but he never had somebody that would actually put it together and do it, and he was extremely excited about it. And if you know Rabbi Zlatowicz, uh, if you knew him, he was always a perfectionist, and he was a visionary, and he didn't want to do it halfway. He wanted to do it the whole way. And we were planning on doing it very lavishly as a coffee table book, full color, was that his idea to do it as a coffee table type book? I think it was sort of, uh, we both agreed that that was the way it should be done. If it would have just been a regular book without any photographs, without any original letters, it would not be the same book, it would not be as powerful. And you weren't concerned that because the price point would be higher, that maybe you're kind of... Uh, yeah, but I'm sure was concerned about that, uh -huh. <laughs> but um, I wasn't concerned. I was. I was the visionary without the price tag, and right. he was the visionary with the price tag, but he basically was very much on board about it, and he was very excited to do it. And uh, so we started the process, and uh, we had at the time some really professional in-house uh, artists that worked on it, and they were wonderful. Uh, Rabbi Zlatowicz used to call uh, the, the Arts Girl team the genius cluster. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you read his biography, which I'm sure you have many times, uh, it really captures what goes on here at Arts Girl. Um, you have really the greatest professionals, each in their own field, coming together in a small area and producing results that are unfathomable. So you finished the book on letters, which contains 
the actual letter and then a description of it and interesting insights and background. Sure. What was your next volume and how did you decide on so what I you should a, address next? I'm sorry, I, I got a letter from a Rebbe of mine who uh, he wrote me a beautiful uh, letter and he, he complimented the book. He's Rosh Shiva in, uh, in Long Beach actually. And he told me that I can only imagine the next ones in the series. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I thought about, yeah, maybe there would be a you know, future here. Maybe we shouldn't just stop at letters. And the next thing that I thought of was speeches and uh, the great drushes and uh, speeches of, of Hespedim and of good times and tragic times, um, siyumim and, uh, and major addresses at Knesia Gedoas, at great conventions. And I started gathering that, and we did a year's worth of VADs on that in Lander College. And again, it was very popular. And again, I approached Rabbi Zlatowicz, and he was very much for it, Baruch Hashem. And then it just evolved, as you put it. We, uh, we went on from there to put a, a small book, um, which you have there also, called Great Jewish Wisdom, just quotes from G'dayli Yisrael, uh, in, superimposed on beautiful photographs and a little biography about that particular gadol on the other side of the spread. That became a, a super bestseller because it was at more of an affordable price point and you were able to give it out at dinners and at uh, chasnas mm -hmm. and graduations. And it, it, I, get, I think I'd say I probably get the most positive feedback from that particular volume really? because it, people become more firm from it. People make starim in it, girls in seminaries in Israel learn this at night. It's just oh. a very powerful medium like a very, it's, you don't have to have a very long attention span, so it's perfect right. for our generation, and you get a, a really powerful dose of inspiration and wisdom right away in a second. From there, we went on to uh, Great Jewish Treasures, which happens to be my personal favorite. Uh, it's artifacts mm -hmm. of G'dayli Israel. I went and gathered from the whole world, uh, from Rishayim and Afrin and whatever we could put together. Beautiful, priceless, historic artifacts, each one, that sort of gives you a new angle about the gadol. It's each piece is custom tailored to that particular gadol, so it really brings that's like a show and tell of the gadol himself or herself. A fascinating, fascinating exploration of uh, gadolim. And how do you even go about collecting those artifacts? Did you, did you call museums and curators or, or, or everything? Everything. There are private collections that are astounding. Um, there are public collections. Uh, there are libraries, there are uh, just, the more you dig, the more you find, mm -hmm. and you network, and you do a lot of detective work, you find that you heard somewhere that, that the Baal Shem Tov Sefer Torah is here, and that, you know, the, uh, the Vilna Gaines, uh, that is here, and, and we just, like, started the process and, until we found them. So it's a lot of investigating. A ton of investigating. A lot of searching, calling people. Yeah. Were you always into history? And, and, and fact-finding, was, was that in your blood? Um, so I, I have to acknowledge my father, Zechariah Levracha, who um, he was nifter around eight years ago. And he was, he loved history, and he was very proud, in particular, of our Yichus. We come from the Wurzburger Rabbi, Bitzchak Daiv Halevi Bamberger, who was the Gadol Hadar in Germany, Paisek Hadar, and he put out many great svarim. And my father was just in love with him. I mean, he was nifter, you know, in 1878, 
But my father basically lived his life around his legacy, around the Ritzberger's legacy, and he collected every manuscript, every sitter, every, every chayfetz, everything that he could get his hands on. And he himself actually produced uh, two volumes of his gathered manuscripts, his gathered kisveyad, uh, and he got me into it. He, mm -hmm. we, we went to Würzburg together in Germany to visit Kibbutz Tzadikim, which is probably where the idea of the current sefer that we just produced today, uh, Great Jewish Journeys, came from. But a lot of my influence in terms of history, in terms of uh, Judaica, in terms of the love of Svarim, uh, the love of Gedalim, I would directly um, trace to my father. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that in Shemayim he's looking down and shepping a lot of nachas right I'm now. I'm sure he is. Now, I, I do want to talk about Great Jewish Journeys, the, new, the newest book. But let's talk for a moment about your journey, where you grew up, who influenced you, and how you got to where you are today. So I grew up in Long Beach, uh, the city of the famous Ir HaTaira to a certain degree uh, because it does have a world-famous yeshiva there where I attended um, high school in one year based Medrash. And uh, Long Beach was a very, very uh, important city in a certain sense. There, besides for the yeshivas that they have and the wonderful shuls and Rabbanim, there were a lot of lay leaders that as a child I didn't even realize who they were, but they, it turns out that they were of tremendous importance to Klal Yisrael in different mm -hmm. ways. So there was a lot of, of nourishment that I got as a child from that village of Long Beach, a small city, but a very influential one. Uh, after I finished learning in Long Beach, I went on to a yeshiva in Yerushalayim called Kol Taira, which was under the leadership of Rav Shlomo Zalman Auerbach. I Were you in Rav Shlomo Zalman's I was, I was in his wow. It was a life-altering experience. Um, I always tell my Talmidim that I didn't learn too much that Zman in, in Rav Shlomo Zalman's because what would happen was that he would come into Shir and he would take his glasses off and he literally looked like a Malach Hashem Tzavakis. It was, and I wasn't able to understand, I, I, I hopped some of Shir, but not all of it, but what I took away was how a mortal could become angelic. And to be able to be in his Shir was such a schos that, you know, I, I can never ever repay the Rabbi Nishalem for for guiding me in that direction. And uh, the just his, his royalty and his sweetness and his brilliance all combined in one human being just was uh, off the charts. Did you have any personal interactions with him? I did have some personal connection with him and I, I, I had some shimush by him as well. You know, I, I had a certain job that I, I was able to get closer to him through and uh, just I was just enamored by him. I was just in, in awe of him. And then when you were done at Kaltaira, did you come right back to the United States? I did. I came back to the United States. Um, I went to Archaim in, in where, is, where I met, uh, I learned under Rabbi Lander. And Rabbi in Kraus, Queens. That's in Queens. Queens. And, uh, and from there I went to Chaim Berlin and I stayed there for about 12 years. I became very close with uh, Rabbi Aaron Schechter, Roshiva, should live and be well. And I'm still close to him to this day. And... Um, yeah, so I was. Uh, I spent a long time in in, in yeshivas, and uh, I loved every day, every every minute of them. And at that point, what did you anticipate doing? Did you think you're going to go into chinuch? Was that the 
route that you that no, had planned for yourself? No, no, not really. Um, I, my problem wasn't that I didn't know what I wanted to do. My problem was that I wanted to do everything. <laughs> I had varied interests and I was, uh, you know, I, I wanted to do everything. But uh, unfortunately in life you gotta, you know, you gotta try to focus. And the Rabbani Shalom just basically, um, I, I, I went in different uh, paths, but we were, we were living in Brooklyn, uh, right next door to Kamenetz. And after we had my Bukhar Shlema Zalman, so I had a very big taiva to get into Chinuch. And I called uh, the Manal, who I had a, somewhat of a kesher with, and, um, and he just happened to have a, a job that was opening up. It was Pirs Yad when I told Ravar and Shechter that I became a 12th grade Rebbe in Brooklyn without any Chinuch you know, experience. Spirit. And without really any connections, I didn't have to marry somebody to get that position. I didn't have to know anybody. I just basically, the Rebbeinish on the Iron was like, he couldn't believe it. It was like Nisbal. And that was the first, you know, year of Chinuch that I had, which Reb Chaim Siegel used to say that you should actually pay uh, to get your first Chinuch job. That's how Chashev it is mm -hmm. to, you know, to enter the field of Chinuch. It was a wonderful year, and I loved the Talmidim there and the other Abbeim there who each uh, incredible in, in Yeshiva Kamenetz and Rabbi Siegel, the, the famous... Uh, Manal of Fine Berlin. No, the, the Rabbi Siegel... Oh, you're talking about Rabbi Siegel from Kamenetz. From Kamenetz. He okay. was also, he was a tremendous, tremendous sure. person. I was very close with him. Rabbi Zellinger and uh, right, Rabbi right. Liner and uh, the whole Hebra there was unbelievable. And then in the middle of the year, Rabbi Lander, you know, who I had learned under in Arachayim, he heard that I was doing a good job in in, in Kamenetz, and and there was just this brand new yeshiva that opened up in Queens called Lander College for Men. It was two years old, and it was still getting off the ground, and they needed a mashkiach. And so I went and I spoke to Dr. Lander and Rabbi Lander together, and. Uh, and I decided to, uh, to move on. And so what, what is the role of a mashkech on a practical level now in, in such an institution? So on a practical level, uh, first of all, you know, when I first came there, there were about 30 Talmidim. Today we have about 250 Talmidim. It grew, and the quality of the boys and the, the ruach and the yeshiva is, is amazing. Um, my role personally is to, of course, I give vaden, I give shmuzen, and I and I'm the rub there on Shabbos in the base Medrash and on Yantif. But my main, my main role there is one of giving direction and chizuk to the, uh, to the Talmidim. Mm -hmm. It's a very pivotal time in their life. It's a time that they have to make very, very important decisions. About what, what age group of boys are you dealing so with primarily? Primarily 19 to 23. Mm -hmm. So Shaduchim. Shaduchim. Career, career decisions. Career, yeshiva decisions. Yeshiva decisions. That's the epicenter of a person's life. The decisions mm -hmm. that people make at that age are the decisions that pretty much they live with until Saif Yamam. Think right. about it. I mean, you know, sure. the, who you're going to marry and where, how you're going to raise your children and what type of hashkafa you're going to have. And uh, the whole dating process is very, very important. And if you're getting advice on dating from people that are not people that should be giving advice, it could alter the entire trajectory of a person's life. Mm -hmm. So we give vads on dating, and then we give vads on shalom bayis to the kailal, and we give vads to uh, 
we try to really hammer home all of these special points that uh, that the Talmidim need, and, and it really, Baruch Hashem, they appreciate it and, it, and it works. Now, besides for your role as Mashkiach and you're also writing books, I know you're involved in other endeavors of Harbatsa Satayra and spreading messages of Chizik. Just take a moment to speak about that, because I know you're touching a lot of people out of just the sphere of Lander College. Thank you. So I, I started uh, within this year, and you were an important part of it, um, I started something called Great Jewish Broadcast, which is obviously a play on the title of my series, the Great Jewish Series. So what a broadcast is, is for those people that have WhatsApp, and that's not a recommended thing necessarily, but many of us unfortunately have it. And it's a, it's a medium that could be used, but it could also be used with type if it's used properly, like everything else in life. And what I did was I used my, my love of G'daylam and history and, and my creativity, if I might say so, to spread the Dvar Hashem through messages about a Gadol every single week. I, I, I send out to close to 5,000 people and growing, Baruch Hashem, uh, a message. Uh, like It's almost like a choreographed, short message. It's not my face. You don't see my face in it, Baruch Hashem, for the, for the viewers. But you just see, um, you just see videos and, uh, and, and different graphics that are very powerful with the music in the background. And it really has hit home to many thousands of people every week. And then we have on our status, which is also a component of, of WhatsApp, that you're able to put up short inspirational messages in a very creative way. Um, we're able, I have a podcast, Great Jewish Podcast, which I'm able to feed into through, uh, through the status. And uh, every Friday, my shear goes up, my shmooze that I give on the parsha in Lander goes up immediately on mm-hmm. that. So we have, it, it, we're using Baruch Hashem technology to further the Dvar Hashem. You've definitely used creativity and kind of thinking out of the box, even in the written word, you, instead of just printing a book, you've thought of ways to enhance it with beautiful pictures and, like you said before, artifacts. Now, in your latest book, Race Jewish Journeys, which I'm enjoying myself very much, I'm going through it, I actually just uh, looked at the piece on Rav Gifter with his desk, which I found fascinating. And uh, I would love to ask you, in, first, give our viewers an overview of what this book is about. And then if you could share one or two highlights of things that you found most intriguing as you compiled the content of this book? So the, the next step after Treasures, I happen to have written another book called Great Jewish Classics. I just want to give that, you know, I don't want it to You know, can bad. I interrupt for a moment? Yeah, I want sure. to let our viewers know that the book is right here, and you only just saw the book about 20 minutes ago when you came here. You had never even seen the new volume, so it really is brand, brand new. We had a couple of copies here in the office. So, uh, you know, you could make your Shekhiyonu now. Yeah, I'm right sure it's a feeling yeah, of it's, it tremendous is. fulfillment to see the book after you put in so much effort and time and toil. But uh, just, uh, you know, I wanted to mention that. I'm sure that's a tremendous it is. feeling it's so of nice satisfaction. It's nice to be able to sit near it. It's almost like, you know, when you go into a hospital and you see your baby for the first time. And, you know, I saw it behind glass until now, but now I'm able to actually hold it. And exactly. like you said, make a Shekhiyonu on the Paiskim do say that when you put out a new Sefer, you should say a shachiyana without shame of malchus, and uh, and that's I feel 
Shachiyana v'kimana v'gyanu azman azad. It's a tremendous chos. Not everybody gets a chos like this to be able to not just have a concept, but actually to bring a concept to life and to be gra- grateful to the Rabbeinu Shalom for giving me that ability and to, uh, and ha- how could I repay him? It's impossible. After the great Jewish classics on the Sfarim, so somebody came to me and said, a big scholar, and he told me that, you know, Ramesha, you know, I love great Jewish treasures, which is the one about the artifacts, but you left out so many treasures. I said, really? Well, you know, I like to think that I sort of captured all of them. So he said, no, 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 there are so many treasures throughout the world that you missed. There is the shuls and the yeshivas that are still standing throughout Europe that the Nazis didn't get to. And then we have the Kaisal Amarav, you have Kevar Rachel, you have Maras Machpela, and then you have all of the Kivrei Tzadikim. Think about it. You have, the, you have a place where the Vilna Gain is buried and Tzadikim that were there when he was reinterred from one Beisalon to another attested to the fact that his, his, his face and his cheeks were rosy red a hundred mm-hmm. years after he was Nifter. There are Tzadikim that are still the Misasim Kriyim Chayim. They're literally here. And, and you missed that whole, you, know, you missed all those artifacts. You missed all of the, there's so much more that you missed. I had another light bulb moment, and I, uh, I said to myself, okay, fine, that's another book. And I, of course, contacted uh, Rav Gedalia, who should live and be well. He's wonderful. He's at the helm of, uh, of Art Scroll. I, I happen to have known Rav Gedalia way back. We went to Camp Monk together, mm-hmm. and then we were in Long Beach Yeshiva. We overlapped together. He's a few years older than me, but he's, uh, he was always tremendous. And he signed off on it. And... I started collecting a lot of uh, a lot of information about about the Mekayim Sakadashim, the Kibrit Tzadikim, the Torah landmarks around the world mm-hmm. in Eretz Yisrael, in the Middle East, in in Europe, in America, and it's been an amazing journey. It's been an amazing journey. Any yeah. specific part of this book that was really intriguing to you, or that you didn't know before you started digging? I don't know anything. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big Amaretz. I'm not, I'm not, I don't claim to be a big, a big scholar or a big historian. All I am is somebody that has a curiosity. Mm-hmm. And when you have a curiosity about things, then you begin to explore and you, uh, and you find out new things every day that you didn't know the day before. And that's what life is all about, waking up and, and saying, Maida'ani, and saying, I want to I wanna try to really absorb something new today. And so there's so much that we could go through. I mean, it's, it's really an endless, uh, endless journey. But suffice it to say that there's so many stories that I tried to bring out, not about their svarim that we did, not about their treasures, not about their letters, but specifically end of life, yesidus, foundations mm-hmm. that we could take from each gadol. So either something that sort of... Uh, if you will, like something that really defined them and that mm-hmm. is their legacy, or something that happened at the end of their life that was very powerful, with sidebars of, of actually Dibre Terror that they said concerning death. Like, for example, Meshach Feinstein writes in one of his sarim that the word Matseva, which is the tombstone, the gravestone, comes from, word, comes from the word Nitza, that standing because when you die, a person becomes stationary. A person can't really move in a certain sense, in a physical sense, but also you, all the mitzvahs sort of stop and the terror stops, obviously, through, through your children you're able to, mm-hmm. and, and through your talmidim and through all the good that you brought to the world, you're able to continue on a certain level. But a mace is, uh, is, is, is nitzav, he's standing, he's an mm-hmm. aimed. 
And so it's a Musr Shmuz, says Ramesh, that when you go to a Matseva, you're supposed to, says, you're supposed to really be inspired and be motivated that I'm a Mahalach, I'm able to move, I'm able to, to steig, I'm able to grow, I'm able to expand and, and do great things with life. And, and when you walk away from Matsev, you shouldn't be depressed. Mm-hmm. You should be galvanized and, and empowered to, to take life by the horns and really just do what you were meant to do. Don't be afraid. Just, just try to figure out what it is that the Rabbani Shalom wants you to do and then just do it. There's no question that a lot of the stories and anecdotes that you include will give people a whole different feeling and experience when they do visit Kivrei Tzadikim and understand the greatness and the depth of the people who they're asking to beseech on their behalf to the Rabbani Shalom. There's no question about it. I know you included maps as well. I saw very interesting and, and it must have taken, uh, it must have been a yeoman's job just compiling that, putting it together, guiding people that if they want to find certain kvarim, that they'll be able to do that with the aid of the book. Uh, but I think it's important to note that while it is a journey into yesteryear and into kvarim, it's not a depressing book. It's a very uplifting, inspiring book that will inspire readers, hopefully, to try to emulate the people who are described. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. In, in all of the other books, I don't think you'll, you're going to find more than maybe two, three pictures out of thousands of pictures, probably, in these four of the books. Um, I never put Matsevis in the books because I didn't want, I wanted it to be purely alive. I wanted mm-hmm. pictures of life. I wanted to get, you know, and I colorize the pictures. I try to improve, enhance every picture to make sure that the reader really feels like they're getting pulled into history. Mm-hmm. And this book was an exception because it is about Kivrei Tzadikim. I'd say 80% of it is Kivrei Tzadikim, 20% of it is the landmarks that still exist in the world. But I try to make the Kivrei Tzadikim not depressing. I try to make it user-friendly, if you can do that. And that's what the tzaddikim themselves would want. They want you to come to their kever and daven, and not chas to them, but to the rabbinic shalom, that their chus should uh, stand in good stead for us. I must point out that Rav Nassim Sherman Shlita, who is, you know, he's been called the Rav Shamshin Rafael Hirsch of our times, and you get this chus to see him every day and to work with him. It's an unbelievable chus, and I, I've known him for many years since since Hallel, he edited my Hallel, and he's always been so wonderful. He wrote the overview of this book, which is also a tremendous chus, and he specifically wrote about what Kibbutz Tzadikim are and how you're supposed to approach a, a kever and, and what the different fine details and the hashkafa behind a Kibbutz Tzadikim, what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. and how it's not only uh, in order, like you said, for to daven and to beseech that, that the Tzadikim's chus should, should rise up to the Kisar Kavit for us, but it's also to inspire us to do tshuva, v'achayit in You know, you see that life is finite, that we're all mortals, and there will be a, a day that this will all come to an end, and we're supposed to, it's supposed to make us do tshuva, which is a, not also, it's not a down theme, it's, a, it's an up positive thing. And also he said, a very interesting aside, that like by Kalev it says that ruach acheres hayobai, when he visited the Maris Machpela, he got a ruach acheres. He got almost. He tapped into the spiritual 
chosim of the Avis, when he walked away from the Maris Machpela and he davened that he shouldn't be trapped in the, in the, in the, in the plot of the Meraglim, of the spies, he had a Ruach HaCharis. He took with himself the Tzadikim, all the chosim of the Avis, and he didn't leave it at the kever, he took it with him. And that became part of him. So when we go to, to Eretz Yisrael and, and daven by the Kibbutz Tzadikim or to Europe, or even to America, which is something that I point out in the book, you don't have to, you don't need to go. I live in Queens, like you said before. Um, Ten minutes away from my house, you have tremendous G'daylam, Rav Yaakov Yasef, the first chief rabbi of New York, and the last chief rabbi of New York. You have Rav Pam, you have the Chabetz Chaim, second Rabbitson. You have people that people, if they wouldn't live in Queen, if they would be buried in, uh, in Belarus, people would be, would be running there. Exactly. But like we could go get into our car, if we live in America, and, and visit them. And we could get that Ruach HaCheres ourselves. We're able to take a piece of the, of the, the inspiration of that Gadol with us. So the point of the book is that when you go to the Kever or when you study about the Kever, to each, each gadol has their own unique nigan that they brought to the world, if you will. They all were different. At the gadolim, we sort of sometimes just, you know, say, okay, they were all tamidacham and that's it. Every gadol brought to the world something special and unique. And the takeaway from every kever, from every legacy is uniquely different. And that's what you're going to find in this book. Every single gadol and their unique journey, their unique takeaway lesson that I think if we would daven by their kever and we would, let's say, take a, our own guided tour of the Kibre Tzadikim with this book, we would be able to read it by each individual kever. And like you said, we have maps that, brand new maps that I designed that will point out exactly how to get to every one of the difficult to find Tzadikim's kevers. And you'll be able to like be your own um, tour guide right. and, and take away an important machshava, an important musr from each gadol. Now, before we end, I have to ask you, and I'm sure you've gotten many, many suggestions over the years. Once you started with the great Jewish themes, so yeah, tell me some of the suggestions. What, what do you have on your agenda? And then I want to share my own, if I can, or should I do that first? Yeah, do that first. <laughs> How about great Jewish melodies? And I'm not talking about necessarily contemporary songs. I love music. Shama that we sing by almost every chasana. I would love to know the history. I've asked around. I've seen. I've met musicians um, when I would talk to Ben Ribbon C and Shanker, who I was there to know. I would ask them, "Where did that song come from?" I don't know. Um, the song that uh, Kayanim sing by Duchni. It's an age-old nigan that goes back generations. But I wonder really where, what's the origin and things like that. I, I, now, putting melodies into a book is a little difficult. Maybe you could accompany it with a CD. I'm just giving a mm-hmm. suggestion. But uh, that's my contribution to the Great Jewish uh, Series. But what, what ideas have you contemplated? And what's next for the Great Jewish Series? Great Jewish retirement? <laughs> <laughs> um, I get this question every day. It's so funny. Like just sure today I was speaking to a Talmud in the base Medrash. And he asked me, like, okay, Rebbe, what's next? And I was like, can't you just like buy this book and enjoy that? What do you have to worry about? That's the way we are, right? We are. (laughs) And in fact, on my on my broadcast, I actually put that question out to the thousands of people that were watching. I said, please, you know, send send me your suggestions of what the next great Jewish uh, book should be. And I got some really good good suggestions. Um, Personally, I I have a lot of 
I have a lot of plans for the series. I could still go if, if Gedalia, you know, would agree to it. I, the, the next in the series is probably going to be something called Great Jewish Inspiration, mm -hmm. which is a, a very motivational book that I think our Dar needs in Befrat, specifically now during COVID when we're all at wit's end and, and, and worried and, and we need a really healthy dose of, of energy and power and chizuk. So this book would hopefully accomplish some of that. Uh, it would be a small book, and, uh, but a, a very, very important book in the series to bring to light a lot of the one-line messages of Chizuk of G'dayli Yisrael and then a little commentary on the other side of the spread of my own. Um, I actually wrote a book called Great Jewish Poetry, which is sort of on the, uh, you know, touching upon your music idea. Uh, G'dayli Yisrael, Rishayinim and Achreinim, which is the period that I really love the best, uh, they wrote poetry. Pizmainim, right, Pizmainim, Zmiris. Zmiris, right. but, but even regular poetry that are dripping with inspiration with Yerushalayim. Uh, and I translated many of them in, in rhyme, and um, uh, we basically, uh, you know, maybe someday that would be a, a book that would be... Uh, worthy of, of entering this, uh, this series, but uh, you know, the Stipler wrote poetry, the Chazanish wrote poetry, or Meir Shapiro wrote poetry. Um, there's so much out there. You know, there's really, uh, somebody suggested on the uh, broadcast that I write a, a Great Jewish Women, to put mm -hmm. a series just only about women. Mm -hmm. Today, somebody suggested to me a Great Jewish Balabatim. <laughs> Great Jewish laymen, people, lay leaders, or regular, mm -hmm. ordinary people that really change the face of Klal Yisrael, which is very inspirational. I always say that my favorite biographies are not necessarily biographies of G'daylem. Mm -hmm. They're biographies of regular people because you can relate to them. And mm -hmm. uh, they called him Mike. I think it might be my sure. best, my, my most, you know, there's a book called Joseph about Joseph Chweck. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar with it. Tzadik Yisraelim from the Syrian community. Regular Balabas who was such a sweet soul that gave and did so much. And, you know, that might be something to consider, but we just have to daven for Siat Bishmaya, that the Rabbi Shalom, if the Rabbi Shalom wants more to come out, he will give us the kayak to do so. They all sound like great ideas, so you mm -hmm. definitely have me intrigued. And I guess we'll wait with bated breath for that. But for now, Mazel Tov on the new volume. We're very excited about it. I'm sure many people will buy it and enjoy it and study it and review it and uh, we want to wish you continued Hatzlacha in your Habat and in sharing the greatness of our Jewish heritage and the different components of Jewish life that uh, maybe sometimes we overlook that you're bringing out in such beautiful fashion. Continued Hatzlacha and thank you for being here. Thank you, Rabbi I really appreciate your time and I love your your show is uh, is tremendous. I you know one Thank after you. another. I don't know how you are able to uh, just do it with such uh, skill and such uh, love and talent. And you're clearly um, super qualified to Thank for you. exactly the role that the Rebbeinu Shalom put you in. Appreciate it. Thank you again. Thank you.